I'm Trevor Cummings, and these are my thoughts on money. Hello, and welcome to the Thoughts on Money podcast, what we like to call Tom. I'm Trevor Cummings, the host of this podcast, also the author of your Thoughts on Money blog. Today, I'm going to be talking to you about an article I wrote called, Are You Ready for Your Financial Report Card? I know, I know, I know, you've been out of school for a long time, and the last thing you want to hear about is a report card. But the analogy that I'm making in this article is that a financial plan really is a math equation. And I kind of make this joke regularly with clients, but it's, it's extremely true. I have this financial planning software, and when I open it up and I'm looking at it with a client, I always tell them, this is really just a fancy calculator. And if you know the history of computers, you know how impactful it was when Excel came out. And that you could do these spreadsheets and these complex math problems with a click of a button. So the whole idea of financial planning is that it's multifaceted with multiple variables. And with a click of a button, you can come up with some sort of solution or forecast or projection. I love simplifications. So when you think of financial planning or financial planning software, just think of it as a really, really fancy calculator. Now, what I talk about in the article, though... In math, we're usually coming up with something like 1 plus 1 equals 2, and it's a concrete answer. Financial planning is different. Financial planning is a lot like a report card. The outcome from a financial plan is like getting an A plus or a C or an F for failing. And I broke this article into those three categories because really, I run a lot of financial plans, talk to people about their financial goals all day long, And most of the time, it's going to fit into one of three categories. Either they're passing with flying colors, or they're just barely making it. It's just like, you know, that C average in high school, uh, or the plan fails. So in this article, I wanted to break those three outcomes up. And along with you is to digest what that looks like, and what each of those people should be doing. What should the A student be doing? What should the C student be doing? And what should the F student be doing? So let's start out with the F student. And I titled this section, for me is really appropriate, is failing isn't the same as failure. When it comes to financial planning, remember, what are we doing? We're making a projection or a forecast. So that projection or forecast could be failing based on the inputs we're putting, like expense expectations, growth expectations, taxes, inflation, blah, blah, blah. But that doesn't mean you as an investor or a saver are a failure. It means the financial plan is failing. Now, if the financial plan is failing, we just have to fix it. So you need to wrap your mind around that because when you run your first iteration of a financial plan and it doesn't pencil out the way you thought it was, it shouldn't send you into a tailspin or feel shamed or anything of that nature. It just means you need to adjust the financial plan. So think of it at your house. If there's a plumbing problem and something breaks, it doesn't mean that you're going to throw your house out, right? It means that you have to fix the plumbing. So when we look at a financial plan that's not working, we have to find out what variables can we adjust and what lever could we pull that is the most impactful. And I kind of put a laundry list here is that if you run a first iteration of a financial plan, think about all the things that you could change. Uh, you could retire later. You could spend less. You could adjust your investment allocations. You could look at moving out of state if that would be financially beneficial. You could look at a reverse mortgage. You could look at downsizing. 
there's a myriad of things that you could do. So what you need to do with your financial planner is you need to look at each of those variables and find out if I make a modification to one of those variables, which modification has the greatest impact and which modification fits your preferences, right? Maybe for you, working two or three more years is not an option. That's okay. So let's adjust one of the other variables. What you're trying to do, though, is you're trying to find the variable where it's got the greatest leverage point, where you could make minor tweaks or changes, and it will make positive impacts over time. So it's really important that if you run that plan and it is failing, you're not a failure. You just need to make adjustments in the plan. Financial Planning 101 If we wanted to, again, oversimplify planning, it's basically saying the safe withdrawal rate for a portfolio, how much you should distribute each year on a percentage, is somewhere around 4%. I've written about this in the past. There's tons of research behind it. If you want to learn why it's 4%, you can email me. I'd love to talk to you about it. But let's keep it simple. Financial Planning 101 says you can withdraw about 4% from the portfolio, and that's sustainable. What that really means, again, let's reverse that, If you can take 4% from the portfolio to meet your expense needs, it means that the portfolio needs to be 25 times bigger than your annual expenses. So if my annual expenses were $100,000 and I want to take $100,000 out each year, 25 times 100,000 is 2.5 million. So a $2.5 million portfolio would very much support a $100,000 withdrawal plan. So sit down with the financial planner. This first financial plan doesn't work. So all right, let's go back to the drawing board. Let's look at what other modifications we can make. Now, maybe you run that first iteration of the plan, and it does work. It pencils, but it just skates by, meaning you're kind of just at that withdrawal rate, and everything aligns fairly perfectly, but it doesn't leave a lot of margin for error. For me, I was calling this the C student. Here's the tough thing about being a C student. If you were a C student in high school or a C student in college, You might have heard this saying that says, C's get degrees. Uh, It's kind of a joke about, hey, if you just pass the class and you get the degree, that's what shows up on your resume. That's all that matters. Nobody's ever going to look at your GPA. Let me tell you a problem with C students, though, that becomes really scary. Most college courses, there's going to be a final exam. That final exam is going to be a big part of your grade. If you walk into that final exam with a C in the course, there's literally going to be one question on that test That could make or break you from having to take that course again. So it creates a lot of pressure in this one moment that you have to make this right decision or else you got to take the class again. It's nice when you walk into the final with an A in the class or B in the class and it gives you a lot of freedom if you don't do so good on that final exam that it doesn't fail you from the course. Financial planning is not much different. If you run a financial plan and things just pencil out, Like, okay, this is going to work. Doesn't leave a lot of margin for error. What happens? Life is full of hiccups. There's a medical bill you didn't expect. Somebody has a car accident. Something changes at work. Something changes with your investments and what your expectations were and what they actually did. All these things are going to happen. Financial planning is not about exactly predicting what the future is going to do. It's about getting a forecast, an idea, a generality. Uh, But if things go outside of that plan, all of a sudden, you're not passing. All of a sudden, you miss that important question on the final exam, and you got to take the course again. So if you have a financial plan that kind of just pencils, 
you need to work a plan B into that financial plan. You need to have alternative strategies and plans for, call it worst case scenario. Think about if you're at work and you know you do the fire drills and there's this whole emergency preparedness kit. You have to have that with your financial plan because you've created a financial plan where it's just passing. And it's important to have those alternative pivot points to make sure if things don't go as planned that you have some adjustments that you can make and you're already pre-prepared for that. The other thing you have to remember, if you're just passing, I'm kind of quoting as I'm, I'm saying that, if you're, if you're just passing though, you have to be really careful about investor behavior. You don't have the freedom to make, and I'm going to be a, a, a little bit crass here, but you don't have the freedom to make foolish mistakes. You, you really don't. So there were people when March 23rd of 2020 came around, they got very scared when the market bottomed and they wanted to make extreme alterations to their investment portfolio. They might have built a financial plan and investment portfolio that had them with 60 or 70% stocks, and that's what they needed for this financial plan, and they wanted to cut that in half, or they wanted to get rid of all their stocks. You can't make those foolish mistakes if your plan is is just penciling. You don't have that freedom. Um, So you have to be really careful if you're a C student when it comes to fear and greed. I just talked about on March 23rd how fear can cause you to do naughty things. <laughs> um, greed's the same way. And it's, it's interesting in 2020 that we're seeing those fear and greed elements actually surface in the exact same year. You have that March 23rd fear when the market bottomed, and now you have the segment of the market, uh, whether it's technology companies or companies that are benefiting from the work-from-home movement that are having valuations that are going through the roof. And you hear about a friend that owns this particular car company that's up 600% or this video conferencing technology that's up a couple hundred percent. And you start to think, wow, I really, I really want some of that. I want this get rich quick, whatever it takes, swing for the fences type of thing. So then you go to your investment allocations and that jealousy or greed or whatever you want to call it, fear of missing out is causing you to make these alterations again. And you start to buy things that are really expensive from a valuation standpoint. And again, you don't have room for air. So investor behavior becomes really important when you have a financial plan that is given that C grade or that is kind of just penciling. And I want to remind you, this is not something that should make somebody feel shameful or anything like that. It's just saying you've created a financial plan where your expenses align well with your resources, but there's not enough room for you to make large mistakes that could be extremely impactful. Now let's transition. There's going to be some financial plans. And yeah, I I do run these plans where I tell somebody, hey, you've spent a lifetime diligently saving. You've always been prudent about your spending. And now you have this nest egg of resources that more than satisfy the lifestyle that you want to live. And I relate this to friends that I had in high school or college, and maybe you were this person. Uh, it wasn't me, but uh, maybe you were this person. The, the person that was working a little bit harder than everybody else, that would read every textbook that they were assigned, that would do all the homework, that would take perfect notes. And this person was 
making sacrifices. They were giving up free time and leisure and entertainment because they wanted to be the valedictorian or they wanted to be the 4.0 student or I think now grades you can get like a 5.0, which is crazy. Um, But they uh, aspired to that. And those were the people that you would be like, hey, let's go bowling tonight. And they'd be like, eh. And you'd have to like really convince them or like, let's go to a movie or let's go to the beach. Like, And they're like, I've got to study. And you're like, no, like you, you've got to keep balance. You got to go do these things. So what happens with those people is that diligence can sometimes become like an obsession or a habit. Um, and it kind of becomes part of who they are. So when you relate that to financial planning, those people that were I don't know, frugal spenders and diligent savers and all that during their career. It's a really hard transition when you get to retirement to say, okay, now let's flip the switch and have a ton of fun. So as a financial planner, for some clients, I'm telling them, hey, you need to dream. You need to dream big. Like these resources you've accumulated are much greater than the lifestyle that you're going to live on a yearly basis. And what's going to happen is you're going to be leaving this wealth to your heirs, which is so admirable. And I I think it's a great thing. But I also think that you should enjoy the fruits of your labor, that during your lifetime, you should be able to see what these resources can do to create moments and memories and experiences for you that you want to have during your lifetime. Now, the hard part for me as a financial planner, I don't know what that is for you. Does that mean paying for your grandkids' college? Maybe. Does it mean buying a lake house or a vacation home that your family can all share and go and have a regular place where they do vacations? Perhaps. Does it mean that there's a favorite charity you have out there that you just want to ridiculously bless them? Yeah, maybe that is. I don't know what it is for you, but I want to encourage you to dream big. If you're an A-plus student when it comes to your financial plan, you need to figure out how you take those dreams and write them into the plan. So literally, you sit down with your spouse or, or whoever is making these financial decisions with you, and you guys start to dreamstorm. It's a word I'm just making up. You know, like we're used to brainstorming, just throwing ideas on a whiteboard. You guys dreamstorm. What are all these financial dreams that you never thought you could do, but you might want to do? And go ahead and put them on a piece of paper. Narrow them down, prioritize them, and figure out what is one, two, three, four things that you really want to do, bring those to your financial planner, plug those into your financial plan. Then you rerun that plan. And if it still works, then you got room to continue to dream. And again, don't hear me the wrong way. I'm not saying it's not a good idea or it's not honorable to leave this sizable wealth to your heirs. I'm just saying that your, your heirs are probably going to be successful and have careers and build up their own savings, that there's probably more value to be had to create experiences with them while you're still here before your tour duty is done. And I know that you are the person that might have you know, stayed home on a Friday night to study and didn't go to the movies, and you might have skipped out on a beach trip with friends to make sure that you study for that final exam. And... I applaud you for that. But hey, A-plus student, you've kind of won the race. You're here. Dream big. And that's my encouragement to you. What's the most important thing about all of this? Is you got to know where you stand. Is your financial plan right now, what grade do you give it? And with that grade, what adjustments or changes or dreamstorming do you need to do from here? If you don't know what grade you have on your financial plan, 
you're not engaged enough with your financial planner. You should be looking at that on an annual basis. You should be reopening that financial plan with all the changes that have happened in life, rerunning those calculations and saying, hey, where do we stand? And based on where we stand, what should we do? Should we make adjustments? Should we add dreams into the plan? Should we build an emergency strategy in case things didn't go as we thought they were going to? Those are great conversations to have with your advisor. And that's all I got for you this week. It's this idea of, hey, financial planning is this fancy calculator and the outcome of the financial plan looks a lot like a report card. And once you get that report card, you have to digest that, turn around, pivot, adjust, and make your plan fit your report card and what you're trying to achieve. That's my thoughts on money. I'll be back next week. I'll ask you to rate the podcast, leave a comment, and I hope you have a great rest of your week. This is Thoughts on Money, signing off. The Bonson Group is registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there is no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance and is not a guarantee. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced herein are from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analysis, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as general market commentary. It does not constitute investment advice. The team and Hightower shall not in any way be liable for claims and make no expressed or implied representations or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the data and other information, or for statements or errors contained in or omissions from the obtained data and information referenced herein. The data and information are provided as of the date referenced. Such data and information are subject to change without notice. This podcast was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of the team and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates. Hightower Advisors do not provide tax or legal advice. This material was not intended or written to be used or presented to any entity as tax advice or tax information. Tax laws vary based on the client's individual circumstances and can change at any time without notice. Clients are urged to consult their tax or legal advisor before establishing a retirement plan.